Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Why are you doing that? What is wrong with you? Like, seriously? What is wrong with you? I just thought I'd give you a little extra hype behind your intro. Well, Kirk's back from vacation, in case you hadn't noticed. I really wish he was far away from here right now, though, I have to admit. It was, you know, it was so nice last week. When I did this by myself and I didn't have to deal with your nonsense. I know. I'm all about the nonsense. What would you do without the nonsense, though? It's it's what makes our ying yang. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Kirk's <laughs> back. He's back. He's he's throwing off my mojo, but he's here. Hello, hello. Welcome, Kirk. Um, Thank you. You know, and I was going to say so many nice things about you and oh. how terrible last week was, but you know what? I've totally flipped the script on that. I am... <laughs> your other co-host cam and we are back we're not on the stream this week we will be getting that back to you next week that's the plan but we still have a very packed week of shows this week we're going to be doing our normal vibe which is what's popping we're going to do a movie review where this week we're reviewing free guy so we'll be dropping that soon and uh you can catch all of this if you watch it on youtube and then Outside of this video, in this episode, we're also going to do Spilled Popcorn, because our our Marvel series are back, and this time it's Marvel Studios' What If. So, the way that that's going to work is that we have watched episode one, we're going to watch episode two, you know, probably tomorrow, and Mm -hmm. then we will uh, record it on Thursday and drop it for you on Friday. So, that's that's the plan for now, for, for Spilled Popcorn. So, we've got a very packed week, and it will... So that episode will cover both of the first two episodes of Spilled Popcorn, similar to how we did WandaVision whenever that one kicked off, because they're smaller episodes. That's um, right. But we'll, we'll make size. it work. But Kirk is back. Kirk was in lovely Hawaii last week, mm-hmm. but he is back. How you doing, Kirk? How does it feel to be back? It feels like I am still stuck in limbo of time zones, because yes. Hawaii... Or as I learned on day five of my trip, uh, the natives call it Hawaii, which I was shocked at. They, it's a five-hour time difference between where we live here in Central America and there. And I cannot get my sleep pattern right, man. It is terrible. It mm-hmm. is terrible. But I have such wonderful memories, including going to the Kualoa Ranch where they film such fantastic film and TV series such as the new Hawaii Five-0, uh, the original Jurassic Park, the new Jurassic World, um, Georgia the Jungle, uh, the new Jumanji. I mean, the list goes on. I got to see wow. all the sites, uh, Kong Skull Island, all the sites where they have. So I've been trickling those through, uh, just bombing our, our social media with these with these pictures of paradise. And it's been so much fun. I love it. You know, that's a credit to you. You know, you're on vacation and yet you still can't stop thinking about the movies. I have to respect it. I respect the hustle for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, yeah, while you were gone, I did a, a podcast by myself. It was very odd. It was the first time I've ever done that, but I did it. I had to do lots of editing because I was running out of breath because I uh, usually I get, I get a chance to stop talking. So like, because you will talk. And share your opinions, but it was just me, so I felt like I was like, <sighs> kind of like you were at the intro whenever you were doing your your breathing exercises uh, in the beginning. But it was good. I don't want to do it again, so I'm glad you're back. Um, other housekeeping. I am sunburnt. If, if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, you can maybe tell. I'll here. I'll get my face close to the camera. 
It's bad. It's real bad. You can't really tell. I mean, yesterday was rough, um, but I am sunburned. That's the elephant in the room. I am very red. I've got a nice tan line. Let me pull up the hat here. Brutal. That's where it's really apparent is when you oh, can that see that. Beautiful. I know. Here's Take the thing. I want to see it again. Yeah. One more time. Hold on one second. There we go. There we oh, go. There's so the good. line. I love it. There's the line for you. It's pretty intense. And, uh, you know, the thing about the thing about it, th- there's a lot of things. First of all, you would think that I was the one who was in, on vacation in Hawaii based on the way that I look, but nope, just here, just, <laughs> just, uh, you know, in Illinois, that's all. Um, also got it while boating with some friends and what's hilarious about it, it you know, in, in an ironic sort of way, first of all, when you get burnt as a grown adult, it is very embarrassing because there's really no excuse for it. You know, you get burned as a kid, like that's on your parents, right? You get mm-hmm. burned as an adult. It's like, dude, it's August. You didn't apply sunscreen. Were you an idiot? And well, what, I blame it on hundreds of years of Irish ancestry. Well, for but, you, you know, whatever. For you, for you, sure. But like for me, I'm not someone with the kind of complexion who tends to get burnt very often, and I got torched. Also. It didn't hurt, which was nice, but I had for the first time ever, I got like sunburn blisters all over my mm-hmm. nose. It was crazy. Um, it was insane. I was like oozing yellow goo. It was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. But the other thing that's hilarious about it is that people on the boat were like asking, they're like, so you're not going to put on any sunscreen? And I was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you what. I checked the UV index before we left this morning, and it said that it's going to top out at 6 and uh, six isn't enough to burn me. Turns out that weather forecasts and UV index forecasts can change over time. And so you shouldn't just check it once. And if it feels hot and it feels like your skin is is burning, you should apply sunscreen. That's the lesson that I learned today. Don't just be we're, like, ah, oh, the UV index is good to go. We're, we're, we're fine. That's fantastic. Um, I will say a couple things. I can't tell. I could just barely tell when we saw Free Guy last night only because um, I only saw the front of your face briefly because we were watching the movie together, sitting next to each other. The only ones in the theater as a sidebar. Yes. And... I didn't, I didn't see anything rough. And I will say there's no blistering going on. This is the Not fastest anymore. sunburn recovery I've, I've peeled ever it all seen. off. Yeah, it was, it was bad though. Um, it's just hilarious that I boasted about my UV index knowledge and then got <laughs> yeah. absolutely torched in front of all my friends. And it's just weird because when I was in Orlando in May where like, the solar declination is not on your side. And we were getting UV indexes of like nine, 10, 11. I used the same strategy to determine when I would put on sunscreen yeah. and didn't get burnt at all. But this day it was not happening. Somebody yeah. told me that the way the, the, the UVs can reflect off the water when you're on the lake or something like that. And the fact that it was Ooh. overcast, maybe amplified. I don't know. Um, almost like a um uh, like a magnifying glass yes uh, just like roasting your roasting face. me like a small <laughs> ant yeah i mean lesson i mean mistakes were made okay mistakes were made but we're, uh, we're on the comeback trail had you said nothing uh for this recording no one would had it have any idea you can't yeah. tell you can't tell at all That's and for the, those of you the hat listening, is strategically placed to cover up the the egregious tan line 
Yes, yes. For those of you uh, listening and not watching on one of our our visual sites, uh, visual media sites uh, of the sorts, uh, the strap of the cap, the hat is on backwards. The strap of the cap is right below the hairline. Can't tell anything. You lift that baby up just a few inches and you see the perfect line. I mean, your hat must have not moved in your hours of. of, No, it didn't. of, uh, of boating. I mean, it's just so perfect. It is. It's right there. It looks like you have like tan makeup, like bronze makeup on <laughs> when you remove that. Yeah. So now I just have to figure out how I can wear a hat at work for the foreseeable future, which has, so far this week has been a success. So we're going to, we're yeah. going to just keep plugging along, just keep plugging along. Um, have you thought about bangs? Can you do bangs? Yeah, sure. I could go emo. Like I could go emo kid forward? for a week. Yeah. Just like run it forward. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll survive, but had to share that with you. Um, I'm not in any pain, not that you guys would care, but I'm not, I feel, I feel stellar, but anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about things that aren't sad and embarrassing. Let's talk about the movies and more specifically movie and TV news. Kirk, Mm -hmm. can we get into what's popping? Yes. Thank you for asking. You may pop it up. There it is. And the theme for this week on What's Poppin', there's usually a theme. Sometimes, you know, I think a few weeks ago, it was like time is a flat circle. We were getting lots of stories of things that are always like that, that have already happened and are happening again. You know, there's, there's, there's usually some sort of theme. The theme for this week is quality over quantity because we've got mm-hmm. not that many stories, but they're good ones. They're juicy ones that we can talk about for a little bit. So let's just dive right into it. First up... This is interesting. I want to start here because we've been talking tons about the ScarJo saga and, and and the you know the lawsuit that she's got against Disney right now for for Black Widow's release on Disney Plus and how it impacted the box office earnings and therefore her pay and they're going back and forth on that. It's been a very public thing. One of the other pieces of that early on was that other actors who were in similar situations had seen the ScarJo situation and were weighing their options. It was being reported that multiple different actors were weighing, weighing their options for litigation. One of those was Emma Stone, who of course starred in the Disney original film Cruella, which had the same deal where they had a Disney plus premiere access release as well as an in theaters release. So it was the exact same scenario as, as uh, black widow. So Emma Stone was rumored to be, weighing her options. Well, all of that appears to have been put to rest because Deadline is reporting that Emma Stone has signed on to return to Cru- for Cruella 2, which would mean there's no lawsuit on the table. You know, you would assume they're not going to be like, hey, you're suing us. Why don't you come back and make another movie with, you know, that that's what you would assume. Um, and it's being heavily speculated that there were some out-of-the-courtroom dealings to make good on the situation with the Disney Plus to sort of squash any of that and to make sure Mm -hmm. that Emma Stone felt confident and comfortable enough with the situation to return for Cruella 2. So what's your reaction to this news, Kirk? Do you think think this is... How do you think it plays into the ScarJo situation? Do you think it hurts her case? Do you think it's just Disney being like, let's just nip this in the bud? Like, how do you think this plays out from here? 
Yeah, first of all, it was funny to see it, there was so much coverage on that story in particular with Emma Stone, even more so than the ScarJo case because it was it it was and probably will be influential in the rest of the deals that get made as we see come out. So you could have played the Mission Impossible theme song underneath it. <laughs> it was like, and she's very close to signing a deal. Emma Stone may take her pen to the table. Like it was ridiculous. The headlines yeah. they were coming out with. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great news because uh, in this, as we've talked about in this very gray world of streaming versus theater and what's possible and what's um, kind of right for people who don't feel comfortable going to the theaters versus um, people who are like total relaxed and they just want to see it on their TV from now on. You know, you need to find that compensation. You need to make those deals work if they're all tied up strictly in theatrical box office royalties because that's not the world at least right now maybe maybe it'll return to that in the future but right now it's still very gray so i think it's a win for uh for several artists and i think it is a win for scarjo because then she has precedent now that that's in place she said hey listen you done did me dirty you fixed it with emma stone you better fix it with me so i think she has uh has the leg up on this one the higher ground if you will yeah that's what i'll be interested to see because i feel like what disney's doing here is saying you know we've got one of these cases we don't want a bunch more uh so it, it sort of feels like they're admitting some sort of fault here but you know, depending on the way that they framed this money, maybe from a from a legal standpoint, they can say, "Hey, that payment was a signing bonus for Cruella too." You know, mm-hmm. it, it had there was nothing, there was no other part of it, and everything else just happened under the table. So, in an official record standpoint, maybe maybe Disney didn't do anything to admit fault, but you know, they're they're certainly in damage control mode on trying to make sure that this thing stays contained to the ScarJo saga, which has already been. I think a bit of a PR nightmare from them, but I've been interested the whole time how they've handled it because they really haven't backed down publicly at all. And in fact, they had their um, Q3 earnings, you know, report or, or, you know, they were kind of like reflecting on Q2 and, and Q3 and just kind of doing their earnings summary for the shareholders. And so I was, ex- I was expecting to see Bob Chappick sort of, I don't know, give some ground on, on or, or try to save face a little bit from a PR perspective on the ScarJo thing. And his comments, I think, felt more like, not doubling down, but it, it felt more defiant than I was maybe expecting from him. He basically said, you know, as far as our decisions on, on the movies go, like, we're going to continue to do what's best for the for our, our end user. So, if we think that best experience is to put the movie in theaters we're going to do that if we think it's to put it on disney plus we're going to do that and that's that's our decision and nobody else's and and that's the way of the world so um i was slightly surprised to see him take that road i think maybe because this is an ongoing situation he has to take that stance legally but um they're certainly behind the scenes at least trying to damage control this to make sure we don't have a thousand different lawsuits spinning up against them and um, you know, I, I think the most likely conclusion to this whole ScarJo thing has always been that they would find some way to settle out of court. Um, I think that's still the case, right? <laughs> I mean, are you sort of in the same boat? Like, this probably won't go on for too much longer, I wouldn't imagine. 
absolutely i like the how you worded it that maybe that'll be hey here's a signing bonus uh, yeah and oh scarlet you know we have a signing bonus for you too in the amount of 700 million dollars to make this go away <laughs> yeah. uh, and please still do tower of terror yeah it's fascinating that that they're still so prevalent of uh, the battle between actors without me you don't have a movie and the producers and the and the businessmen of the industry who say without me your movie doesn't get seen like yep. it's pretty crazy that's what that's exactly what i hear out of that phrase uh, that he says uh, so that's that's very fascinating i, I just wish that there would be that collaboration would be strung through from top to bottom as it uh, as you hear so many movies have like let's listen to our own stories in the in the entertainment industry and maybe we could resolve some of these issues faster yeah absolutely absolutely so i think it will still go down as sort of a landmark case in terms of how actors deals are structured for for mm-hmm. situations like this and i think you know, with with the Delta variant stuff happening and movies starting to get delayed again a little bit, a little bit, and and some movies that were going to be full theatrical releases getting shorter release windows or getting, you know, VOD releases at the same time, like this is not going away. So I think this will be this will be something to keep an eye on. But it does feel like the path to resolution is a little bit more clear now that the Emma Stone situation is resolved. They can focus on the ScarJo thing and get it behind them as soon as possible. But nonetheless, still very interesting. I want to talk about a couple of other Disney stories that really piqued my interest coming out of that Q3 um, earnings report uh, meeting that they had with with the CEO, Bob Chappick, for all the shareholders. One is that he announced a Disney Plus day. There's going to be Disney Plus day, and it's going to be November 12th. Now, the details around this are pretty vague and, and basically the idea is that it's just a you know cross-platform promotional day i mean i think in my head when i hear this i think something like prime day or like um you know these like site-wide events that these big um websites have whenever they have like big deals and stuff like that that's sort of what what comes to mind um but it remains to be seen what really happens with that maybe it will be similar to like i know they're having the d23 expo later this year so maybe it's just a uh hey let's announce a bunch of things that are coming to disney plus i believe november was when disney plus launched Mm -hmm. or was it october in 2019 Mm -hmm. um Mm. it was around that that time so it's around it's going to be around the two-year anniversary of disney plus but that's something to keep an eye on and i mean obviously November 12th isn't that far away, so we'll, we should be getting more details about this soon, but he did mention that in passing. And then uh, also made some remarks on the upcoming Marvel slate. Uh, first is that people were freaking out because he called Eternals a 2022 release. Well, the reason for that is because it is fiscal year 2022. November 5th um, is in the fisc- in Disney's fiscal calendar is 2022. So when you're talking to the shareholders, you of course would would use that language to refer to films. But the fans on Twitter were like, "No, it's been delayed." <laughs> um, it hasn't, but there are some rumors from various outlets that they are considering a Disney Plus release alongside Eternals, uh, alongside the November 5th in theaters release. So we'll keep an eye on that. But with regards to Shang Chi 
and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which actually just had their uh, red carpet premiere in L.A. last night. Um, that film will not be on Disney Plus uh, on release day, which is September 3rd, but it will have an exclusive theatrical window that is shorter, so a 45-day window, which is becoming a little bit more common um, recently. And it will have a 45-day window, and then it will go to Disney+. Plus. So about a month and a half after the movie. So really, what it's going to feel like is Shang-Chi is going to launch. It's going to do its theatrical run, and it's going to feel like as soon as it's out of theaters, it's on Disney+. Plus. Like, that, right. like That's what happened with A Quiet Place Part 2. That's what's happening with a few other things right now. But that's basically what we're going to see. Um, so they're trying to see if, uh, if that will hurt their viewership at all. So remains <laughs> to be seen to be seen but very excited for shang chi i think um early reactions are starting to come out for it so i've been trying to like shield my ears and my eyes to make sure i don't get spoiled on anything or, or hear any reviews that will sway my opinion or anything like that but very exciting to see all the press around that last night for sure yes yes all right um, let's move out of Disney for a little bit. There, there's another story we've been following pretty closely, um, probably mostly due to me and my love for Wes Anderson. But the, the cast for his new film, which is filming in Spain right now, is starting to round out. So last week we talked about Margot Robbie joining the cast that already included Tom Hanks, Tilda Swinton, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Adrian Brody, and Bill Murray. Well, we just got a whole slew of new cast, cast members announced today. And over the last couple of days, this is all coming via The Hollywood Reporter. New cast members include Scarlett Johansson, who we were just talking about, Liev Schreiber, Brian Cranston, Hope Davis, Jeffrey Wright, and I think that's it. That's it. So um, a few of those people are newcomers, but ScarJo, Brian Cranston, and Liev Schreiber were actually all in um, Isle, of, Isle of the Dogs. So right. or Isle of Dogs, which was which was a stop motion animated film. So they were just voice acting. So this will be this should be, if I'm remembering correctly, the first on screen appearance for those three, as well as Jeffrey Wright, Hope Davis, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks and Margot Robbie. Yep. They'll all, yep, be, yep. all be new to the Wes Anderson verse. So Wes Anderson is just, uh, you know, he's seeing what's happening with Marvel and he's like, man, they fit a lot of stars, a lot of celebrities in those movies. Let me do the same, but with a crazy, uh, very down to earth, quirky story and everything is symmetrical. I'm going to make this happen. So I, I'm very fascinated in how this story plays out and how everyone will fit in with this narrative. I am too. And I think this is a little bit backwards from the way that we got it with the French dispatch. If I remember correctly, I feel like we knew that the next project was going to be the French dispatch. And then we got the cast. Whereas with this one, we know that this project is coming. It's untitled. We know nothing about the plot and we've got seemingly like the entire cast announced. So now I'm just playing like guessing games in my head about what this could possibly be i'm like stringing together the puzzle pieces i'm like okay they're filming in spain what could that mean and also like red yarn (laughs) i know um but we didn't talk about it much but i feel like tom hanks is going to be perfect for this world like the more that i think about it the more i just feel like how have they not worked together yet and i'm very excited and i talked about it on the pod last week but margot robbie i'm excited about that just because this will be very different from anything she's ever really done. 
and, and mm-hmm. we know we know we we know she's got the range so that'll be awesome but um yeah i'm getting very excited about this movie regardless it, it, the plot could be anything and and at this point i'd be all in yeah i also wonder if if the strategy to release all these uh actors like week by week is it's very similar to knives out Two, right because knives out Two had a very similar structure and i wonder if wes anderson's team is like well let's just add a whole bunch of people we'll just write them in who cares if this gives us press for our movie and gets it hyped just keep adding people every week and as soon as the numbers start dropping then we'll stop adding actors i think that's the strategy yeah it's helpful i think um to get your movie's name out there as soon as possible, though I, this movie doesn't have a title yet, so they, they need to drop that next if we're going to continue to keep it in the limelight. But sometimes, you know, you get like a huge influx of movie news about a project that's upcoming, and then you don't hear anything about it for a year. But then whenever mm-hmm. it starts coming back up again, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to be really good because they started talking about it a long time ago, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like they picked everyone's favorite actor. So maybe you're not the biggest uh, Tom Hanks fan, and I don't know who that is, but but maybe you're the biggest Margot Robbie fan, and you have every angle of actor for your particular style uh, coming into this movie. So bravo. It's brilliant. If that's the strategy, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's well calculated. They're casting a wide net. Um, yeah, good call there. A couple of other stories I want to hit on. One, this was the big one from last week, and it really happened right after our episode dropped, of course, uh, which is that Venom Let There Be Carnage was delayed, as we had sort of been hearing. It was officially delayed from September 24th to October 15th. So in I find this interesting for a lot of reasons, Kirk. Do you feel like this is COVID-related, or do you feel like this is production-related and they're doing this under the guise of COVID? has to be has to be production related or they have struck some sort of deal to get Tom Hardy and Tom Holland together. Uh, maybe mm. they're even, maybe they're even have some, um, some post-production like post shoots that are going to connect them. Maybe it's a post credit scene or something. It does not make any sense to move a film for that short of a time. Like what's the benefit of that? You know, moving it up a week or back a week, that makes sense. That sounds like it's distribution uh, guffaws that have happened, but that wasn't the right word. But <laughs> either way, it doesn't make sense for it not to be a production related or marketing strategic uh, choice uh, rather than rather than COVID. COVID pushes things back months, not 18 days or whatever the math is. Yeah, that that was my read too. And I also feel like they've moved it into a more competitive weekend um, because Halloween Kills comes out that weekend, which, I mean, there, there's some overlap, I think, from, from a fandom perspective. The types of people who are interested in Venom would also be interested in Halloween Kills, probably. There is at least enough overlap to where you would be somewhat concerned if you're, like, a district, like a salesperson, and this is, like, your KPI, you know, box office numbers. Like, if that's... Mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. be somewhat concerned about that, whereas, like, September 24th, I feel like, is a pretty wide-open weekend um october starts to get really big because october 22nd dune comes out (laughs) you know which is expected to be very big the french dispatch which we were just talking about wes anderson also comes out october 22nd so there's a lot of big movies coming out in october you would think if everything was good 
COVID or no COVID spike, you would want to keep it in September 24th. But who knows? I mean, obviously the the numbers with COVID right now are not good. So if if they've got a if they've got you know their own data saying hey we're gonna get crushed in the box office then then maybe it is that but three weeks doesn't feel like enough to make a blip and I'm surprised they wouldn't just go farther um, you know like to January <laughs> or something to be honest because mm-hmm. they and Sony is a little bit different because they're not doing any of these they, they don't have a platform right like they don't have HBO Max they don't have their own little place where they can put it and still get numbers and still get money like it's it's either box office or it's nothing or they sell right. it um so for them they have a little bit more skin in the game but i i'm with you i feel like there's something production related going on here they're like you know what we could use the extra <laughs> we could use the extra three weeks let's just stretch it because um maybe it will be better i don't know it's it's interesting though um what i do think is encouraging is I was expecting to see the floodgates open after this because that's what we saw in March 2020. You know what I mean? Like, and I know it was a different situation, but as soon as one movie got delayed, it was like boom, 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 boom. All the dominoes started falling. So I remember seeing the Clifford story and then this one and being like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It, it's it's coming again, but so far, no. So far, no. So, um, We'll be keeping an eye on that, no doubt. Yes. But change your calendars for Venom Let There Be Carnage. You'll have to check it out on October 15th instead of September 24th. Extra three weeks there for you. That's a good PSA right there because I remember literally like probably two weeks before uh, COVID (laughs) happened, I went through and I spent an entire evening, every big movie coming in 2020 on our shared calendar. Yes. And then I never changed them. I changed maybe yeah. one or two and then I was like, I'm not changing them. So then it just comes up as this, this the, like this um, dagger to the heart. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's honestly horrible. It's like every Friday, it's like, boom, Shang-Chi co- or Shang-Chi comes out tomorrow. Nope. No, it doesn't. <laughs> or uh, Black Widow. No Time no to Die. Home. That one hit hard. No Time to Die comes out tomorrow. It's like, oh, <laughs> no it doesn't uh we got so many of those <laughs> over the last year and a half and every time it's like man the dune one i was like oh so dune sad hurt. dune hurt yeah there there are some that really stung there are some that really really stung and uh yeah i i, I mean i thank you for that because it's a sobering reminder of what we've been through but also like ouch it, it hurts it really does <laughs> I don't know if there's any any left, but if there are... <laughs> yeah, um, I need to look ahead to make sure I can <laughs> mentally prepare myself to get punched in the jaw. Uh, oh, if there's like a John Wick... I think we already got that one. That one, I think, that. hit the hardest. John Wick 4 was the one that just flattened me. I, I was just... Because <laughs> it was my birthday. That was when it was supposed to come out. That's right. Um, double, double, ju- double... Yes, Keanu it was John Wick birthday. 4 and, and Matrix 4 were supposed to come out on my birthday... And uh, just blasted. It just ruined my whole life. Um, yes. Luckily, I got the alert the day before my birthday. So it didn't actually ruin my birthday, but it was uh, it was a tough pill to swallow, no doubt. <laughs> All right. And last one. And we were just talking about Sony. Um, so Sony Animation Pictures Hotel Transylvania 4 Transformania. It's called Hotel Transylvania colon Transformania. It's the fourth film in the saga um 
it's skipping theaters completely and, and it's being sold to Amazon Prime for a deal that's expected to be you know in the range of a hundred plus million dollars a hundred dollars a hundred dollars no a hundred plus million dollars according to variety so it's just going to skip theaters altogether i think you missed that you said it was going to amazon but i think it's going straight to vhs hotel transylvania <laughs> four i didn't even know there were three like why yes. why are there four this is the fourth one listen these movies do well in the box office say what you will but they do they do well um, I have not I seen any why. of them, to be honest Same. with you. I haven't, but it just, it never appealed to me. Some of the other animation things do, but I just, I mean, well, I like, I like animated films, but this, the Hotel Transylvania plot line never gripped me, but hey, kudos to them. They've made four films and they're about to, to net a hundred plus million from Amazon Prime Video, so shocking you know there's something to be said about the the niche market of of that weird you know uh adam's family uh, yeah you know corpse bride although i love corpse bride me too um this you know there's something about it because it keeps coming out like i mean adam's family the animated film mm-hmm. with uh, oscar isaacs as gomez is coming out with the second one they're coming out with a live action one with Catherine zeta jones on netflix like a series mm-hmm. and they just keep pushing those out monsters i think rob zombie is coming out with a monsters yep. uh series as well like it's kind of crazy that the love and passion of that genre uh, that it, it continues to push out sequels and re- yeah. reinvent itself. It I don't even know what mind. you call that genre, but but it is it's like its own thing because it's not horror. It's just like the Halloween aesthetic in film. Yeah. It's like the yeah the Nightmare Before Christmas vibe of films. Uh, you know, like Frankenweenie Monster House. There's mm-hmm. been like tons of them, and I like a lot of them. It's just interesting that that's like a thing that has persisted. Yeah. Like it propelled four Hotel Transylvania. Think about this: Hotel Transylvania has produced now four films. Like that's crazy. That is now crazy. what I would like to see is Halloween Town Four, brought to you by Disney <laughs> Channel. Oh, I we'll would get be it, fully man. Fully in support of this. We'll one hundred percent get it. Disney Plus will have that cranking out in no time flat. No time yes. flat. Uh, but on that topic, I something I talked about last week that I want to do a better job of is letting the people know what is coming out that they should know about you know just even if we're not reviewing it here are the things that are like coming out this week so a couple of quick hitters on that snake eyes which was just in theaters uh, which is the gi joe spinoff film is is available on video on demand as of today so you can if you're hearing this you can go rent snake eyes and watch that if you missed it in theaters the green knight which is the uh, dev patel a24 film that I mentioned that I saw in theaters a couple weeks back will release on VOD this Thursday, August 19th. Um, And then this weekend, some big movie premieres. Paw Patrol the movie will premiere in theaters and on Paramount Plus on August 20th. So they're doing the same thing there. If you have a Paramount Plus subscription, I believe you'll get it with no extra cost, but I I don't know for sure, actually. And then Reminiscence, um, which stars... um, Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, Than Dewey Newton um, is premiering in theaters. And I did not realize this until recently on HBO Max, August August 20th, which is Friday. Right. So some big, big week. Big week. Big week right there. Big week. Yeah, yeah. It's a big week. Um, and Paw Patrol did not get delayed, even though a lot of these kids' movies have been 
getting delayed or getting pushed to um, you know, Amazon Prime, as we just saw with, with Hotel Transylvania. But that one will be available in theaters and on Paramount Plus. So Yeah, I like that. We, we got to come up with a, a quirky name. I think that's my job to uh, tell you what's what's also coming out that we're not reviewing. Um, okay, It's helpful because, like, for example, we're not going to review Beckett. Um, mm-hmm. But I watched it. It's on Netflix. We talked. I talked about it last week because um, the reason I came up with it was because last week was such an interesting week. Like we reviewed Suicide Squad for obvious reasons, but then um, Beckett, which you know John David Washington, it's kind of a big deal. Netflix release Coda, which was the big Sundance record breaker film, though. Like and and a few other things also dropped last week on digital. So I was like, we need to be talking about these things. That's right, right. Schmigadoon's finale came out on Apple TV+. Plus. Coda yeah. was exquisitely fantastic. Um, I believe it won the most, was it Cannes or Sundance, that it won the most awards in whichever one oh, it premiered at. I did not know that. Fun fact. I don't know which one it was, but it won the most awards um, or was nominated for the most awards. See, I have great, great details here on Coda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great I think, details. I think it was Sundance. I think it was Sundance. But, okay, uh, great. Yeah, then uh, you just reminded me of something. What was it? The White Lotus on HBO. Yes, yes. Uh, they just had their finale. So if you're someone who likes to wait and then binge, The White Lotus has just entered binge territory. It, it drew 1.9 million viewers on the finale episode, which was three times what they drew on the season premiere. And that's that's between HBO and HBO Max. So it's obviously got a snowball effect going on where people are sort of catching on. I started it... Um, when was that? A week and a half ago? It's really mm-hmm. interesting. It's written by Mike White, which may not sound familiar right away, but he's written a bunch of stuff, including, I know we have a bunch of School of Rock fans out there. He wrote School of Rock and starred in it as Ned Schneebly. Uh, and he was <laughs> a contestant on Survivor. That's right. He sure was. <laughs> he was on Survivor. So, uh, he did quite well. He did quite well. Yeah, he did. He did. So if you, uh, if you like Mike White, check out The White Lotus. It's getting critical acclaim and and i've enjoyed it so far so that's all available to stream on hbo max and let's turn this into a segment soon because otherwise we're just going to keep going and nothing will be concise and joseph gordon levitt came out with his new tv series that he created uh produced uh directed some wrote some of mr corman where he plays a fifth grade teacher who loves music and i think three three or four episodes are out on apple tv plus right now apple tv plus man they are coming for the world they're doing so much better than what we what they came out as (laughs) yes yeah and 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 not a second too late either i mean this like they've been up and running for you know since slightly before the pandemic and Man, it has been tough sledding, but here, here we are. We're we're finally getting some good content out of Apple TV Plus. Yes. The, the last thing I keep we keep adding, we we got a Star Wars Visions uh, trailer today, yes. a new one. I didn't I didn't have it prepped for the show, but I'll post it on social tomorrow um, as I wear my Star Wars shirt. But it looks sick. I'm I'm very excited. I I like. I know you're not big for the animated stuff, Kirk, but I am. Uh, my interest is definitely peaked with the Star Wars Vision stuff, and the voice cast is insane. They they announced mm-hmm. it. There's tons of good good voice performances coming up, so I'm very stoked. I'll post that on social tomorrow so we can follow that along with you. Beautiful. All right, let's review a film, Kirk. Should we review a film? Let's review a film. All right, for those listening in podcast form, this is where we leave you. And for those on YouTube, the review starts right now. Let's pop it up one last time.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.